اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم لیسن نمبر 37 سورة البقرة We'll begin from ayah number 275 After mentioning the reward of spending in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on humanity, on the needs of others when this character is developed in us this character of giving, sharing, well-wishing being concerned for others Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the exact opposite of spending, which is receiving, taking. And taking what? Taking interest. Allah mentions the people who spend day and night openly and secretly, that their reward is preserved with Allah. And now, Allah mentions about the sin the evil consequences of taking from people. But taking what from people? Riba, interest. Interest is the exact opposite of infaq. Riba is the exact opposite of infaq. That instead of giving to a person who is in need, what is a person doing? He is taking from him more than what he can afford. When a person is in need, what does he do? He goes to others, borrows something from them. Why? In order to fulfill his need. If a person is in that desperate situation where he has to, he's forced to spread his hand out before others in order to borrow from them, what have we been encouraged to do as Muslims? Spend on him, help him, give him charity. But A, charity is not being given. And B, when something is lent to him, then what is expected of him? That he returns the loan, and on top of that, he gives more. So you're not just taking from someone who is in need, but you are exploiting him. You are making use of his desperate situation. You are asking him for what he cannot even afford. You can afford to give. You can afford to part from your money. And you are expecting from someone who cannot even afford? You are expecting him to give you what he does not even have? What he cannot even afford? This is riba. This is interest. And this is the reason why it is forbidden. It is a major sin. Our wealth, the money that we own, the possessions that we have, are given to us by who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Therefore, we can do with our money only what Allah is pleased with. Which means that when we acquire it, or when we spend it, or when we use it, we should do all of this in the way that Allah likes, that Allah approves of. And if Allah does not approve of it, we cannot do that. So we see that earning money through halal means permissible, a rewardable act. But earning money through haram means earning money through riba, through interest, that is something forbidden. Even if we say, everybody deals with interest, everybody gives and takes interest. You can't even have money in your bank except that you receive interest on it. Even if everybody does it, remember, your money is given to you by Allah. So you can only do that with your money, what Allah approves of. Because we are servants and He is the Master. We are creation and He is the Creator. 
We will be questioned and he will not be questioned. He will instead question us. We are accountable for all of our deeds, including our financial transactions, including our financial decisions. We are answerable to him. Now in these ayat, the prohibition of interest is mentioned. That interest, riba, is something that is haram. And I'm not saying something that is disliked, something that is not that good. No, it is something that is haram. Ha-ra alif meem. Which means that we as Muslims cannot at all partake in it in any way whatsoever. Interest, consuming it, dealing with it, is a major sin. It's a major sin. It's not just a sin, it's a major sin. It's a destructive sin that will lead its consumer to hellfire. It doesn't matter if that consumer has done hajj. It doesn't matter if he has given a lot of sadaqah. It doesn't matter if he consumes riba, he consumes interest, that interest is going to take him to hellfire. This is why the Prophet ﷺ said, Ijtanibu, stay away from, avoid the seven destructive sins. The people asked, what are those seven destructive sins, O Messenger of Allah? The Messenger of Allah ﷺ replied, Ashirk billah. The first destructive sin that destroys a person is what? Ashirk billah, associating partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Secondly, sihr, magic, performing magic. Paying someone to perform magic, practicing magic, haram. It's an action that will lead a person to hellfire, that will ruin him, that will destroy all of his good deeds. Thirdly, qatlun nafs, killing a soul which Allah has forbidden, meaning an innocent person, killing him. This is an act that is forbidden as well. Wa aklul riba, and consuming interest. Consuming interest. This is also a major destructive sin. And consuming the wealth of the orphan. And running away from the battle. Running away, fleeing from the battle. This is also a major sin. And accusing chaste women. Accusing chaste women of what? Of adultery, of fornication. Women who cannot even think of doing anything like that. Accusing them of committing haram. These are seven destructive sins that will lead a person to hellfire. Of them is riba, consuming interest. One of the scholars said that there is no major sin against which such great and severe warning is given except in the case of riba. Except in the case of riba. Riba is one of those major sins concerning which such severe warning is given that you can't compare to any other major sin. Obviously, shirk billah, understood. But other than that, no major sin is as bad as the consumption of riba. Listen to the hadith. The Prophet ﷺ said that Allah has cursed the consumer of riba, the one who consumes riba. Allah has cursed him. What does it mean? This person is far from the mercy of Allah. Where is the mercy of Allah? In Jannah. This person is far removed from paradise. He's not going to paradise. Who? Akilu riba. The one who eats riba. The one who consumes riba. And not just the consumer of riba, but also the one 
who records that transaction, the one who witnesses that transaction, the transaction in which riba is involved, the one who writes it, records it, witnesses it, the one for whom that transaction is being made, every person related to interest is cursed by Allah. The Prophet ﷺ said, One night I dreamt that two men came, these are angels, and they took me to the Holy Land, meaning Baytul Maqdas, from where we proceeded on until we reached a river of blood. The Prophet ﷺ was shown many matters of the unseen. Why? Because he was the conveyor. So he had to see the unseen in order to pass that knowledge on to others, in order to convince us of it. So he was taken to, he was shown a river of blood where a man was standing and on its bank was standing another man with stones in his hands. So a person in the river of blood and another on the side with stones in his hand. The man in the middle of the river tried to come out, but the other threw a stone in his mouth and forced him to go back to his original place. So whenever he tried to come out, the other man would throw a stone in his mouth and force him to go back to his former place. And that's how the river was of blood. The Prophet ﷺ asked, who is this? And he was told, the person in the river is the one who consumes riba. This is the fate of those who eat interest. Those who live off of interest money. The Prophet ﷺ said, Riba is 70 types. Meaning it has various levels. The least, the least of which equals one having zina with his own mother. The least level of riba the least level of riba is as though a person has committed zina with his own mother. And this is a hadith which is sahih. It is quoted in Ibn Majah and Shaykh Al-Bani he has said that this hadith is sahih. It is completely authentic. So have no doubt about the severity of this action. It's as though a person is committing zina with his own mother. The Prophet ﷺ said, one dirham of riba one dirham, one dollar of riba that a person devours while knowing that it is riba, he uses it while knowing that yes, this is interest, it is more severe in crime than 36 acts of zina. Multiply that by 36 acts of zina, that is a severity of the crime of consuming one dollar of riba. This hadith is also sahih. It is reported in Musnad Ahmad. And Shaykh Bani has said that it is sahih. And there are many, many more hadith that tell us how evil, how severe this act is. How hated this action is. How disgusting this financial decision is. That how a person falls, falls in the sight of Allah when he makes a decision to consume interest, to take riba. How his good deeds are destroyed. How that riba is going to drag him to hellfire. There are many verses that prove how loathsome, how terrible this action is. It is not just mentioned in the hadith, but even in the Qur'an. Allah tells us about the severity of this crime. Allah says, الَّذِينَ يَأْكُلُونَ الرِّبَا 
those people those individuals who eat riba who consume riba yakuluna is from akala hamza kaf lam and akala is to eat something so they eat what do they eat riba why has this been said that they eat riba what does this eating indicate this eating refers to receiving riba taking riba using riba benefiting from it dealing with it earning profit earning money through riba this is what yaakuluna riba refers to because the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that allah curses the one who accepts riba the giver of riba the giver not just the receiver but the one who pays interest as well allah curses him the two witnesses of it meaning those who witness the transaction of riba and the one who writes it the one who records it allah curses such individuals so don't be mistaken don't think that yaakuluna riba this is talking about those who consume meaning those who receive interest so it's okay to give interest no it's not okay to even give interest it's not okay to even pay interest even that is not acceptable from a believer because the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam cursed both the giver and the receiver the one who writes and the one who witnesses in a sahih hadith which is in muslim the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam cursed the one who accepts riba and the one who pays riba the one who accepts it and the one who gives it because no one can accept it unless and until the other party agrees to pay it No one can take it unless there is someone to give interest. So both are equally responsible, not just the loan sharks, but also those who agree to pay interest. So alladhina yaakuluna riba, those who consume riba, those who live off of interest, those who deal with interest. And notice how akala akala has been said. Why akala? Because the majority of what we earn goes where? into our tummies the majority of what we earn we end up using that money we end up eating that money and akala also shows greed on the part of the one who is dealing with interest that he's so greedy he's so hungry he has something but yet he wants more he's not satisfied with what he has so he wants more and more so he's eating consuming hungrily greedily he's never satisfied الذين يأكلون الربا. The question is, what is riba? What is interest? Riba is from the root letters ra, ba, wow. Raba yarbu means to increase. When something increases, we have read the word rabwa earlier. كمثل جنة بربوة a high land, high. So likewise, riba that which has increased. Technically in the sharia riba refers to kullu qardin jarra naf'an fahuwa riban every loan that draws a profit on it that is riba meaning anything that you lend to someone you let them borrow it but in particular this is talking about money qard and on top of that you take more so for example a person lends a thousand dollars to someone and says when you give it back to me at the end of the year 
you're going to give me a thousand and fifty dollars. What's that fifty dollars? Riba. That is interest. A person takes money from the bank to buy a house. He takes four hundred thousand dollars. And the agreement is that by the time he pays off the loan, he will have paid $500,000 or $450,000. That additional $50,000, that additional $100,000, what is that? Riba. A person takes a loan in order to pay for their school. So they take $20,000 from the bank. And they are told by the time you complete your degree, a year after that, you have to pay back these $20,000. And on top of that, you also have to give $2,000. So that $2,000, what is that? Riba. Interest. Call it what you want. It is interest. It is riba, according to Islam. الَّذِينَ يَأْكُلُونَ riba. Those people who consume interest. So interest is basically making money on money. It is a fee or a fine that is paid on borrowed money. It is the addition upon the principal amount that was lent to someone. However small or big it may be, even if it's 0.5%, even if it's 2% or 20%, whatever it may be, it doesn't matter. It is riba. So if you have money sitting in the bank account, and on that money, interest is coming, and that interest is five cents a month. That five cents, what is that? Riba. That five cents is riba. And because of those five cents, because of those two hundred dollars, because of that two thousand dollars, because of that fifty thousand dollars, because of that hundred thousand dollars that is paid extra to the one who gave you the money, because of that, even though it's a very small amount, that entire transaction becomes a major sin. That entire action becomes a major sin. Something that is enough to destroy all of our good deeds. Something that is enough to take us to hellfire. الَّذِينَ يَأْكُلُونَ riba, Allah says, لَا يَقُومُونَ Such people, they cannot stand. They will not stand. إِلَّا except كَمَا يَقُومُ just as he stands. Who stands? The one who has been driven to insanity by the beating of shaitan. Yatakhabbatu is from the root letters khabata. And khabt is such severe darb, it's such a severe strike that causes damage. It is to hit something or someone so badly, so severely that you end up bruising them. Or their bone ends up breaking. This is what khabt is. Takhabbut is to strike, to hit, to beat senselessly and violently. Like a camel stamps its four feet on the ground. Or a person hits tree branches or shakes the tree branches in order to get the leaves off. This is what takhabbut is. Takhabut is also, khabata bil-layl is to travel by night in darkness, randomly. That a person is walking here, then he's walking there, then he's falling and he's getting up. And takhabut of shaitan, takhabut of shaitan is when a jinn or a shaitan has 
hit someone has physically affected a human being so much so that that person has gone crazy that person is possessed have you ever seen in real life or in a video a person who is possessed by the jinn how is he acting how is he talking how is he screaming how is he behaving he is not using his mind he is as though lost his mind he is physically affected physically affected emotionally mentally he cannot function properly so those who consume riba they will not stand except like the one who has been beaten by shaitan driven to madness like that person stands يَتَخَبَّطُهُ الشَّيْطَانُ مِنَ الْمَسِّ الْمَسِّ is from the root letters meme, seen, seen. And mas is to touch. And this touching is the hitting, the beating, the striking of shaitan. The effect of shaitan on a person, the physical effect on him. So in other words, the person who consumes riba is like a majnoon person, like a mad person, like a person who is possessed by the demons, by the shaitan. Allah says over here, لَا يَقُومُونَ They will not stand or they do not stand. What does it mean by this? Two meanings. First of all, that right now, people who consume riba, who deal with interest, they are like those possessed by the shayateen. Like those beaten up by the shaytan. How? That the one who consumes interest, he does not use his mind anymore. Just like the one who has been beaten by shaytan. He cannot use his mind anymore. He is out of his mind. He cannot reason. He cannot think in a rational way. It's as though he has lost consciousness. It happens that when a person is experiencing mania, meaning some mental illness, so much so that a person has literally lost his intellect, then sometimes people experience hypersexuality in which they expose themselves They do things which they would never even think of doing otherwise. They say things which they wouldn't even say otherwise. They behave in a way that they would not behave normally. They lose control of themselves. They start behaving in an abnormal way. Such is the one who consumes interest. He is not using his mind. He is not thinking logically. Because tell me, is this... A good decision that a person decides that I am going to consume interest and I am not going to go to paradise. I know that riba is haram. I know that it's as worse as committing zina with your mother. I know it's as bad as committing zina many, many times, but I will still take interest. If a person says that, what would you say? You're insane. You've lost your mind. Where is your reason? So those who consume interest are like those who are possessed by the demons are like those who have lost their minds. Other scholars have said that this is describing the state of such people on the Day of Judgment. On the Day of Judgment, when the trumpet will be blown, people will rise from their graves. And as they rise from their graves, they will hasten, rush towards the place of hashr, the place of gathering. But the riba eater, he will stand up like a person who has been possessed by the shayateen, like a person who doesn't have any control over his mind and his body. So he will stand and fall. He will walk and he will fall. 
He will not be able to walk straight like a person who is drunk, like a person who has lost his mind. So their humiliation, their punishment will begin from the moment that the day of judgment will be established. From the moment that the trumpet is blown, their punishment, their disgrace, their humiliation will begin. Who? Those who consume interest. Those who deal with interest. Those who indulge in it. Their punishment will begin from that point onwards. Some scholars have said that what this means is that يَأْكُلُونَ riba, They're consuming interest. So all the riba that they're eating, they're consuming on the day of judgment when they're resurrected, that riba will take a physical form. So it's as though their bellies will be full of the riba that they have consumed, full of riba that they have used. And as a result, they will not be able to walk. They will not be able to stand up straight. They will not be able to even run to the place of gathering. This is why someone will have to drag them, drag them to the place of hashr. In the Quran, Allah says, سَائِقٌ وَشَهِيدٌ سَائِق, the one who drives, the one who drags. Like a person who has lost his mind, who is possessed by the demons, then what happens? They make him unconscious. And then they drag him. They take him wherever they want to. الَّذِينَ يَأْكُلُونَ الرِّبَا لَا يَقُومُونَ إِلَّا كَمَا يَقُومُ الَّذِي يَتَخَبَّطُهُ الشَّيْطَانُ مِنَ الْمَسِّ The Prophet ﷺ said, I came across some people in the night in which I was taken to the heavens. Their stomachs were like houses wherein were serpents. Meaning their stomachs were like houses, huge full of snakes, full of snakes, which could be seen from the front of their stomachs. So I asked, O Jibreel, who are these people? And he replied, these are those who devoured interest. Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu said, on the day of resurrection, those who consume riba will be resurrected while insane and suffering from seizures. Suffering from seizures. Why? That is because Allah does not punish someone with injustice. No, if Allah ever gives a punishment to someone, it means that they deserve it. This humiliation, this disgrace, this punishment, why? Because indeed they, meaning the riba consumers, they said, Indeed, bayr is just like riba. Instead of accepting Allah's decision that riba is haram, you're not allowed to consume it, instead of accepting it, they come up with reasons and excuses to allow themselves to consume riba. They come up with a list of reasons to make riba halal for themselves. What's one of them? They say, trade is just like riba. Bayr, from the root letters, bayya'ain. Bayr is to buy and sell for the purpose of profit. That what you have, you sell it. Why? So that you can make more money. So likewise they say that bayr is just like riba. That you have something, you give it to someone, you sell it, you make profit on top of that. So likewise money, you lend it to someone and you make profit on top of that. They say, إِنَّمَا الْبَيْعُ مِثْلُ riba. Why do they say that? Because when a person has lost his mind, then he cannot reason. He cannot use his intellect properly. So this is an evidence that they have truly lost 
their sense of reason. They are not using their mind properly. In the or mislur riba. And also, technically they should have said, indeed riba is like bayr. Because they're trying to prove that riba is okay. So they should have said riba first and bayr next. But the fact that they're saying bayr first and riba next, it shows their mind is not working properly. This is what they say. But Allah says, how can it be the same? They can never be the same. Trade and consuming interest can never be the same. Why? Because Allah has made bayr trade halal and He has made interest haram. And when Allah has made something halal and another thing haram, can they ever be the same? No. They can never, ever be the same. Notice the word harama. Haram. This shows us very clearly that consuming, taking, paying interest is something that is forbidden. It is something that is not allowed. The word haram has been used. So end of story. No questions asked. No ifs and buts. It is haram. That's it. It's mentioned clearly in the Qur'an. It's mentioned clearly in the hadith. There are approximately 40, 40 hadith that tell us about the prohibition of riba. And there is ijma' consensus amongst the scholars that riba is something that is forbidden. Umar anhu he said that the ayah about riba was one of the last verses to be revealed. What does that mean? It was a final command. Nothing came after it, cancelling it. No, it was a final command. What? That Allah has forbidden interest and He has allowed trade. Why? Because there is a huge difference between the two. فَمَنْ جَاءَهُ مَوْعِضَةٌ مِّنْ رَبِّهِ Then whoever جَاءَهُ It came to him. What came to him? مَوْعِضَةٌ An advice, a warning. Meaning whoever receives the warning مِّنْ رَبِّهِ from his Lord, then what should he do? فَانْتَهَى Then he stopped. انْتَهَى نُونْ هَيَا Nahi is to stop and انْتِهَى is to stop oneself. So انْتَهَى He stopped himself. Meaning he refrained. He stopped dealing with interest from that point onwards. Whoever received the warning and that's it. He made a decision. I'm not dealing with interest anymore. Then this person, Allah says, فَلَهُ Then for him, مَا سَلَفَ Whatever has passed. Salaf, seen lamfa, and salaf is that which is over. Salafa is to be over. Aslaf, salaf are pious predecessors, ancestors, because now they are gone. So ma salafa, whatever has happened before. Meaning, that person does not need to calculate how much interest he dealt with before, in the past, in his ignorance, and he doesn't need to give it back or take it or whatever. No, he doesn't need to do anything about whatever has happened. Whatever has happened, that is over. Now, what you need to do is stop dealing with interest. فَانْتَهَا فَلَهُ مَا وَأَمْرُهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ And his affair is with Allah. Meaning now his affair rests with Allah. It is up to Allah to forgive him or to hold him accountable. Forgiveness is not guaranteed. Whatever happened in the past, yes, you change your ways, but still, it's not guaranteed that you'll be forgiven. Wa amruhu ilallah. 
the matter lies with Allah. Allah will decide if He wants to forgive the person or He wants to hold him accountable. وَمَنْ عَادَ And whoever returns, meaning after knowing the warning, after knowing about the prohibition of riba, still he goes back to consuming interest, dealing with interest. He doesn't change his ways. وَمَنْ عَادَ And عَادَ from the root letters, عَيْنْ وَالْدَالِ Whoever returns to dealing with the same mess, eating the same haram, filling his stomach with snakes, whoever continues to do that, فَأُولَٰئِكَ أَصْحَابُ النَّارِ then those are the companions of the hellfire, whom fiha khalidun. They will abide in it forever. Khalidun, ones who abide eternally. They will be in the hellfire eternally. What does that mean? That Allah will not purify them. That this crime is so great, it is so severe, that the punishment for it is also very great. And what is that punishment? Hellfire. This is riba. The riba by which we are surrounded. The riba on the basis of which we buy houses, we get our education, sometimes we buy our groceries, sometimes we buy our clothes and our shoes, sometimes we pay for our trips, sometimes we drive cars that are based on riba. And this ayah tells us very clearly that this is not a small thing. Riba is haram. And it leads to hellfire. It's a major sin. It's as though a person has been possessed by the shayateen. A person has been physically hurt by the shayateen. This is why Allah says that the one who receives the warning, who finds out that it's not allowed, then he should discontinue dealing with interest. And the one who does not, the one who continues in his old ways, he does not change, then for such a person is hellfire. Whom fiha khalidun. Yet, after all this, you will hear that your situation is different. You need a house. You need an education. You need a car. So, you are allowed. Have you heard of that? Of course. That's how we think everything is okay because we are in need. And we forget about these verses which Allah has revealed in His book. Things that are haram, that are forbidden. Yes, there are exceptional cases when they are allowed, when they do become permissible for certain individuals. Why? Because they are in darura. They have an extreme dire need, which if they don't fulfill, they will die or they will suffer terribly. They have no other choice. That is what darura means. This is just like you are starving to death, you have no food available, nothing to eat, except, except the dead meat of a human being. You're about to die. Then what has Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said? That فَمَنِ Then whoever is compelled out of necessity, then he may eat even that which is haram. We think about pork, we think about dead human flesh. Even if we were starving to death, how many of us would like to eat that? Honestly tell me. How many of you would willingly, happily, proudly eat pork? Because you are dying out of hunger. Raise your hand if you can do that. Happily, willingly eat that. 
But yet, yet, when it comes to buying a house on haram, what do we say? Our situation is different. And we are so proud of that house. We're so proud of that house, which is why we're having parties there all the time, which is why we so proudly say that this is our house now. We're so proud of that house. We are lying to ourselves. We're deceiving ourselves when we say we are in need and we need that loan to get that education. We are in need and we need that loan to buy that house. No, you're not going to die. You're not going to die. You're not in a desperate situation. It's just that we have made certain standards for ourselves that by a particular age we should have completed our education, even if that means getting it on haram loan. No. Who said that you have to do that? You can work part-time, you can study part-time. Pay off for your education as you study. If it takes double the time, doesn't matter, do that. If it takes two extra years, doesn't matter, do that. So what if you're behind the rest of your friends? You don't want to be behind in Jannah. You don't want to be behind in the hereafter. We have set a standard that you have to own a house. Who said you have to own a house? You don't need to own a house. You can rent. But renting is wasting money. You're not wasting money. That rent that you give, you're fulfilling a need. And if you give it with the intention that you're fulfilling your obligation to provide for your family, that money is written as charity for you. That $1,500, that $2,000, that $2,200 that goes in rent, what is that? Charity that is written for you every single month. Would you willingly give that charity every month? No, you wouldn't. When you give that rent, it's written as charity. You might say, but by the time I'm 40, I won't own anything. Doesn't matter. Allah is providing for you now, He will provide for you later. You don't have to own a house. You don't have to. But we say, we are in darura. We are in a desperate situation. You are your best judge. You know what situation you're in. And if you are really in a desperate situation, then Allah knows. And you can tell Allah on the Day of Judgment, Oh Allah, yes, I know riba is haram, but I had to consume it, I had to deal with it, because I was in a desperate situation. When you make that decision, make sure you know what to say to Allah on the Day of Judgment. Make sure you have an answer. Make sure you have something to protect you on that day. And if you don't, don't even go near interest. Whatever happened in the past, a person should expect forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whatever riba was taken in the past, given in the past, Allah will forgive for that. Insha'Allah, a person should be hopeful. But what we learn in this ayah is that a person does not need to give back or take anything. No, whatever happened in the past, leave it as it is. Now worry about your future. Worry about your tomorrow. Worry about your day of judgment. Allah says in the Quran, قُلْ لَا يَسْتَوِ الْخَبِيثُ وَالطَّيِّبُ وَلَوْ أَعْجَبَكَ كَثْرَةُ الْخَبِيثُ Say that the impure and the pure are not the same. They are not equal. Even if the abundance of that which is impure appeals you. That there's impure everywhere. There's riba everywhere. Everyone is living in a house on mortgage. And here you feel you're still renting a basement apartment in so many years. Or you're still renting an apartment, a house in so many years. You don't even know if you can have enough ever to buy a house on cash. And people say, who buys houses on cash these days? You can't even afford to do that. And if you're buying a house on cash, you're wasting all of your cash. This is what people think. 
So even if khabis is everywhere, your neighbor, your relatives, your friends, your co-workers are indulged in this haram, what does Allah tell you? Haram is not like halal. It's never, ever the same. Never the same. So stay away from it. Even if everybody is doing it, you cannot do it still. وَلَوْ أَعْجَبَكَ كَثْرَةُ الْخَبِيسِ Allah says, يَمْحَقُ اللَّهُ riba. Allah abolishes riba. He destroys riba. يَمْحَقُ مِمْحَا قَافِ Mahak is to efface, to eradicate, to eliminate something. And it means to deprive something of blessing. It's in a tangible sense and also intangible sense. That physically destroy something, reduce it, make it less, so that eventually it's finished. In the intangible sense, that what is there, there's no barakah in it. No blessing in it. So even if it's there, it's of no benefit to a person. يَمْحَقُ اللَّهُ riba. Riba, Allah destroys that. There is no barakah in that money. This has been understood in a number of ways. First of all, يَمْحَقُ اللَّهُ riba. Allah destroys that. How? By making it haram. Allah wants to finish riba completely. How? By making it haram for the believers. But if we get sucked into the system of riba, then are we ansarullah? Are we helping the cause of Allah by destroying riba? Or are we working for the cause of shaitan, promoting riba, increasing riba? What are we doing? We deceive ourselves saying, I'm of the ansarullah, I'm of the ansarullah. Yet, the halal earned money that we get goes into money that Allah wants to destroy. Goes into a system that Allah wishes to finish. يَمْحَقُ اللَّهُ riba. The second meaning of this is that Allah eliminates the blessing and the goodness of riba. Meaning the money that a person takes through interest, there is no blessing in it. And isn't it so that people buy houses on interest or get education on interest and they spend years and years and years trying to pay it off? The father is working, the mother is working, the children are working. The person is working five days a week, sometimes seven days a week to make enough money to just pay off the month's bills. But he can't do that. There's no barakah. Many people will be working to pay off one house, yet they're not able to pay it off. Why? Because يَمْحَقُ riba. Your money will have no barakah. If your halal earned money is going into paying off interest, then you will have no savings at the end. Even if you do have savings at the end, your money will not bring much good to you. يَمْحَقُ اللَّهُ riba. There is no blessing in that money. And we see this here. That people are working constantly, day in and day out. What do they have at the end? Their hearts are empty. Their lives are empty. This is why they have to go party so often and get their mind off of their worries. They have to drink. People end up doing drugs. They're developing psychological, mental issues. I'm not saying this is the only reason, but this is one of the reasons. Stress is so common. What is that caused by? Don't have money, don't have money, need money, need money. Even though people have jobs, still they don't have enough. There is no barakah. يَمْحَقُ اللَّهُ riba. There is no blessing at all. Another meaning of this is that Allah destroys riba, meaning the riba that a person earns when he spends from it, the nafaqah, the expenditure, a person gets no reward. No reward whatsoever. 
So even if he spends all that money in charity, he gets no reward for that. It's impure money. يَمْحَقُ اللَّهُ riba. And on the other hand, وَيُرْبِ الصَّدَقَاتِ And Allah causes sadaqat to grow, to increase. يُرْبِ رَابَ وَاو Rabwa. What is that? A highland. Same root as riba. Over here, yurbi means that he increases, he gives more. He causes to grow. What? The sadaqat. How does he increase and cause sadaqat to grow? First of all, by commanding the believers to give sadaqah. By encouraging that we give sadaqah. So many verses are revealed in the Qur'an that tell us about spending. Spending in the way of Allah. Spending on others. Spending on the needy. Giving. So yurbi sadaqat. This is what Allah promotes. Allah does not want us to become selfish people, but rather giving people. He wants us to give, to share. Yurbi sadaqat. The second meaning of this is that Allah puts barakah in that money. That when a person gives even a little bit in charity, then the halal money from which he gave in charity, that money is also sufficient for him. That money is enough for him. In fact, he can do much more with that money compared to what other people can do. So for example, there are two people. One person is earning $60,000 a year. Another is earning $40,000 a year. The one who's earning $60,000 a year, he's paying off interest. So every month, $500 to $1,000 goes in paying off interest. And the one who's earning $40,000, he's not paying off any interest. At the end, who will get more value out of their money? The one who's making less money, the one who's not paying interest, and on the other hand, the one who's making more money, but yet paying off interest, he will not get much out of his money. Why? Because in his money, no barakah. But the one who is earning halal money, from it he is giving in sadaqah, not in riba, that is the one whose money will have barakah in it. وَيُرْبِ sadaqat. Allah causes sadaqat to grow, to increase. And the third meaning of yurbi sadaqat is that He greatly rewards sadaqat. How much? 700 times to more than that. So يَمْحَقُ اللَّهُ الرِّبَى وَيُرْبِ sadaqat. وَاللَّهُ لَا يُحِبُّ And Allah does not like كُلَّ كَفَّارٍ أَثِيمٍ Every person who is disbelieving, ungrateful, and sinful. The word kafar is the intensified form of the word kafir. And remember that kufr does not just mean disbelief. Kafara is to cover. So it also gives a meaning of ingratitude. So kafar is not just one who is a staunch disbeliever. No, it's also someone who is extremely ungrateful. Extremely ungrateful person. And asim, the one who commits sin. This is also an intensified form of athim. Athim, one who commits sin. But athim, one who commits a lot of sin. So Allah does not like those who are extremely ungrateful and extremely sinful. Why are these two attributes mentioned over here? Because when a person deals with interest, whether it is giving or taking, why is he doing that? Because he wants more. He's not satisfied with renting a house, so he wants to 
buy a house. He's not satisfied with the size of his house, so he wants to get a bigger house. He's not satisfied with the certifications that he has, so he wants to get more degrees. He's not satisfied with the amount of money that he's making, so he wants to make more money. He's greedy. He's not happy with what he has. He is ungrateful. And that ingratitude is taking him to committing sin. Kafar, a theme. And sin, in what way? That if you charge someone interest, the one who cannot even afford to pay back the loan, you're charging them interest. This is a great sin. Exploiting the poor. Abusing the poor. Benefiting from their desperate situation. This is sin. And on the other hand, the one who gives in charity, then he is a grateful person. And he is a righteous person. Exact opposite of kafar in Asim. Who? The one who gives in charity. How is he a grateful person? Because you can only give when you are happy. You can only spend when you are satisfied. When you are grateful to Allah for whatever that He has given to you. Only then you can give. And if you feel you don't have enough, believe me, you cannot spend. You can only spend on others when you have this satisfaction that you have sufficient. You have enough and you need to worry about others as well. So the one who spends in charity, he's a grateful person. And he is the one who is righteous. Because charity can be given by who? The one who? is concerned about doing good. Who can spend in the day and in the night and secretly and openly, the one who wants to accumulate good deeds. So dealing with interest is a sign of what? Ingratitude and of being sinful. Spending in charity is a sign of being grateful and being righteous. Recitation. الذين يأكلون الربا لا يقومون إلا كما يقوم الذي يتخبطه الشيطان من المس ذلك بأنهم قالوا إنما البيع مثل الربا وأحل الله البيع وحرم الربا فمن جاء ഹലിദൂ The verses that we learned were about riba. I wonder why it's called interest. Because they want you to be interested in it. They want you to desire it. Because it helps you fulfill your desires immediately, quickly. But in the long run, it kills you. It destroys you. So what is interest? What's the definition of riba? كُلُّ قَرْضٍ جَرَّ نَفْعًا فَهُوَ رِبًا What does this mean? What's the meaning of this definition? How would you define riba in English? 
Any loan, kullu qardin means every loan, jarra naf'an that brings back benefit, a profit on top, fahuwa riban, so then that profit, that addition, what is that? Riba. Can you give me an example of riba? A mortgage. How is that an example of riba? That a person borrows a particular amount of money in order to buy a house, but by the time he pays that loan off, it's not that amount that he borrowed, but it's a certain percentage on top of that. So 13%, 20%, 30%, whatever it is. So that makes it unlawful. Besides trade being halal and riba being haram, a couple of other things are different. So first of all, trade, there is effort that's involved in making that money. And in interest, and in riba, there is no effort. So a person can invest their money and it'll keep growing and growing and they don't have to take care of it. They don't have to put any work into having that money grow. When a person is doing a business, then he has to manage the accounts and he has to uh, you know, put in some physical labor as well sometimes. He has to put his talent, his skills to use. There's some kind of effort involved. Even if he's just the owner, still he has to go and make sure everything is running smoothly. Somebody was telling me about this chain, um, this dessert place, Dimitri's, all of you know about that, the famous place. So they're you know, all over the GTA. And somebody was mentioning to me that the owner, he goes around visiting different, different stores all over the GTA throughout the day or throughout the week. Why? To make sure that the business is running properly. I mean, he doesn't have to manage it himself. But still, he's invested his money into it and he has to go and make sure things are running smoothly. But when it comes to investing your money in a bank or lending it to someone, then you don't have to worry about anything. All you have to do is just make sure you're getting your interest every month. The stocks, it requires intelligence, but there's also risk involved in that, which is why as long as the stocks, meaning what you are trading and buying and all that, as long as that is permissible, then many scholars allow it. Because you're using your skill, you're using your talent, your mind, you're constantly checking. And at the same time, there's a huge risk involved, which is not involved when it comes to riba. You've just kept $10,000 in the bank every month. You're getting money on top of that. You've lent $100,000 to someone every month. You're getting money on top of that. So there's no risk in that. But in stocks, there is risk. And the next point, time, intelligence, skills, which we just talked about. And in riba, only the wealth is used and it keeps growing and growing. And in compound interest, there's interest upon the interest. So, so again, in trade, there's risk involved. You can have profit, you can have loss, and there's share in that. In interest, there's no risk. It's 100% guarantee that you'll get the interest on. Uh, in trade, there's no fixed profit, and in interest, there's a fixed profit. So yeah. one year, you can have more profit. One year, you can have less. But in interest, you have that 5%, 8%, and it's always uh, guaranteed. Uh, for trade, once the transaction is carried out, uh, the profit is settled. It's a one-time thing. And in interest, uh, it's constantly gaining profit, yearly, monthly, it's continuous profit. So similarly, uh, in trade, there is a payment and a transaction that's happening. And in interest, there's constant receiving a profit. So for example, when it comes to trade, you have to keep putting more and more of your money into the business. From the profit that you obtain, you have to put some money back into the business to either pay for the rent or pay for the expenses or pay the employees and so on and so forth. There are expenses that you have to cover. But when it comes to interest, there are no expenses. There is no fees. You're just eating. You're just constantly getting. 
Uh, also in the manner that the money is given uh, for trade, there's, it's halal and it's given with understanding. So you give money and you get service or you get a product and you're happy with your transaction. But if interest, the person gives as if they're being forced and they're parting with their money and they think it's unfair. So even the way that they're giving, uh, there is no satisfaction in that. Uh, for trade, uh, there's physical, mental activity and interest, laziness. The money just keeps growing, so there's no real involvement in that. Trade would create economic activity in society, uh, and interest would stop circulation of wealth. The money is concentrated in certain parts of society. And also in terms of socially, if with interest and loans especially, you'd find people who have their house on mortgage, their furniture also on loan, their car. So a person would live in like an alternate reality where they can't afford but also they're living as if they can afford, but they can't. And everything that they own is actually on a loan. And it's even worse for them because although they can't afford the specific thing, but more than that, they're paying more interest on. The thing with interest is that you, for example, with a credit card, a person manages to buy what he wants immediately. Or with a haram loan, he's able to get what he wants immediately. It helps you fulfill your desires immediately. But in the long run, you're paying more for the things that you want. Something could be $200, but you don't want to pay with cash, you pay with your credit card. By the end of the month, your bill comes, you don't pay the $200, you pay only $100. But then the interest you know, comes in after some time, and then instead of paying $200 for that object, you end up paying $250, $220. So in the long run, you're paying more for the stuff. Things are more expensive for you. But shaitan makes you look at the immediate benefit. And Bayer would also create job opportunities, a lot of employment for people, and interest would make a lot of people uh, jobless and basically concentrates the wealth in a couple of people's hands. Jazakallah khairan. So there's a huge difference between trade and riba. And this is the reason why Allah has allowed one and He has forbidden the other. And... Allah says that whoever receives the admonition, then what should he do? Stop dealing with riba immediately. فَمَنْ جَاءَهُ مَوْعِظَةٌ مِنْ رَبِّهِ فَانْتَهَا And if he stops, then what will happen? فَلَهُ مَا سَلَفْ Whatever has happened in the past is over. A person should expect forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He doesn't have to worry about the past accounts. وَأَمْرُهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ And his affair rests with Allah. وَمَنْ عَادَ But whoever returns, goes back to the same ways. فَأُولَٰئِكَ أَصْحَابُ النَّارِ هُمْ فِيهَا خَالِدُونَ